وَعَدَ Allah has promised المنافقين the hypocrite men والمنافقات and the hypocrite women والكفار and the disbelievers notice men, women, hypocrites and the kuffar they're mentioned together their end is mentioned together because the hearts are the same disbelief hate for Allah and His Messenger so the hypocrites and the disbelievers what has Allah promised them? نَارَ جَهَنَّمْ The fire of hell. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا Abiding therein eternally. Never ending. Again, we don't realize how serious this is. This is not a lifetime. This is not a thousand years. This is not fifteen hundred years. This is what? Eternity. Never, ever, ever ending. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا هِيَ حَسْبُهُمْ It is sufficient for them. What does it mean by this? هِيَ حَسْبُهُمْ Hasb. You know, حَسْبِ Allah. What does that mean? Allah is sufficient for me. So هِيَ حَسْبُهُمْ Hellfire will suffice them. Meaning, hellfire is what they deserve. This is what they deserve. هِيَ حَسْبُهُمْ A befitting punishment. جَزَاءً وِفَاقًا this is what they deserve for what they've done. Do you see over here? Eternal punishment. And on the other hand, the actions, the ways of the hypocrites. They're both equal. Meaning, these actions, these words, this kind of behavior brings eternal punishment. And that eternal punishment is not unfair. It is what they truly deserve. This is what they deserve for what they have done. But don't we wonder sometimes that a person sinned for only 60 years. Why is he being punished for an eternity? Do these questions ever come to your mind? Because these 60 years Allah gave you to prepare for that eternity. If a person prepared punishment for himself, then that is what he deserves. He hasbuhum. Think about it. If there is something that is really valuable that you purchased, really valuable, Right? And it breaks down. You try to get it fixed. It doesn't get fixed. And then you keep it for some time. And then you realize, come on, it's useless. It cannot be fixed. I might as well get rid of it. And then you throw it in the garbage. You see the garbage truck coming and picking it up and taking it away. It's gone. You might wonder, but I paid $200 for it. Well, you know what? It doesn't have any value. You bought it for $200, but it's not worth even a dollar right now. So, what does it deserve? Garbage done. This is why you send it off. Correct? Doesn't matter how happy you were when you got it. Doesn't matter what its value was when you first bought it. What does it deserve now that it's crap? It has to go in the garbage dump. Doesn't it happen? Big cars which when they're first bought, they're so valuable. But the same cars, they end up where? In the dump. Because they don't have any value. So likewise, these people, because of their characteristics they possess, because of the words they say, because of the actions they do, what are they as good as? Garbage. They have no value. Allah has no need of them. Allah will not honor them by admitting them into Jannah. Because Jannah is a very, very great place where only great people can enter. Those who have good qualities. 
And if someone lacks that, they cannot enter Jannah. So much so, that before people will enter Jannah, they will be taken on the Qantara. You know when people will cross the Sirat? Over the hellfire? So those who will make it on the other side, they will be stopped at Qantara. A checkpoint. Alright? And what will be examined? The hearts of the people will be examined. And if there is any, any kind of jealousy or hatred or ill feeling for another believer, they have to leave it before they enter Jannah. Otherwise, they cannot go to Jannah. They cannot go to Jannah with those ill feelings. This is why in the Quran we learn, وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِمْ مِنْ غِلٍ Any ghil, any rancor, we will pull it away from their hearts. They have to leave that baggage before they go to Jannah. Nothing corrupt can go to Jannah. So if a person, his heart is full of corruption, can he be admitted into Jannah? No. He can't go. No way. Jannah is a clean place where clean people with clean hearts can live. So if a person doesn't clean himself now, now, then can he prove himself worthy of entry into the best place? No. If a person makes himself into garbage, then he'll end up in the garbage dump. And if he is striving to clean himself, but of course he's a human being, He strives, you know, he tries his best to clean his heart. But despite that, he's not able to fully clean it. Then with Allah's mercy, he will be cleaned on the Day of Judgment. Once he's clean, then he can enter Jannah. So, وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الْمُنَافِقِينَ وَالْمُنَافِقَاتِ وَالْكُفَّارِ نَارَ جَهَنَّمْ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا هِيَ حَسْبُهُمْ وَلَّعَنَهُمْ And Allah has cursed them. لَعَنَهُمُ اللَّهِ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُقِيمٌ And for them is an everlasting punishment, an enduring punishment. First of all, they're far from Allah's mercy. Which is why no matter how much they beg and plead and cry and scream, they will not be responded to. And secondly, they have a punishment that is muqeem. What is muqeem? Muqeem is basically used for a resident. Okay, Meaning someone who just comes to a place and just stays there then. I mean, he doesn't go away then. That's his home. That's where he lives. So for them is an enduring punishment, meaning that punishment will never end. Have you ever burnt your hand or your finger or something? Have you ever gotten burnt? Anybody? What does it feel like? That burning sensation, does it go away immediately? No. What do you want to do? You want to keep your hand? Where? In cold water. Right? You just want to keep applying ice. Isn't it? And even if you take your hand out from that cold water for a second, does it burn? Oh yeah, really bad. Really bad. It continues to burn. Now imagine, once a person gets burnt, that burning sensation does not go away immediately. And that burn was a result of what? Exposure to extreme heat for maybe a second. Or less than a second. You touch something hot that came out of the oven, you touch it with bare hands, you just touch it and immediately you realize it's hot and you pull your hand away. Less than a second. But the effect of that is what? Burning sensation for two hours, three hours, four hours, sometimes days, depending on how bad the burn is. This is a result of exposure to heat, not even fire, heat. 
for a millisecond. Imagine being exposed to the fire, not for a second, not for a minute, not for an hour, not for a day, not for a week, not for a month, for a lifetime. For a lifetime. And the water in hellfire, is it cold? No. They will not experience any coolness in hellfire. Any coolness, boiling hot water, which makes the burning sensation worse. It makes it much, much worse. وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُقِيمٌ Assalamualaikum. Yeah, I just couldn't help but remember something that Muhammad Ali once said that he, every time he felt like sinning, he take out a match box and light it. And he reminded himself that if he can't even bear this fire that's blazing from a, a match stick, how can he bear the fire of the hell? Yes. And how afraid are we of fire in this life? Isn't it? If the stove is on, what do we do? We tell the children, keep away, keep away. If the oven is on, and you're opening the door, you tell everybody, I'm opening the oven, please keep away. Right? You put something hot on the table, you keep announcing, it's hot, it's hot, don't touch it. We have smoke alarms, and we have so many ways of protecting ourselves from the fire in this world. And how much could that harm a person? The fire of hell is the real fire. This fire in this world is only a tadkirah. Like Allah says in the Quran, it's just a reminder of what that real fire is. So if we run away from the fire of this world, imagine how much we need to run away from that fire. Assalamualaikum. I remember hearing in a lecture that the people of hellfire, if they came to this world and were into this fire, they'd be fast asleep because of the difference of the heat. كَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Just like the people who came before you. Meaning, the end of the fate of these munafiqeen is very similar to how the people before them were. كَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ كَانُوا they were أَشَدَّ مِنْكُمْ Stronger than you. قُوَّةً in strength. وَأَكْثَرَ and more. أَمْوَالًا in wealth. The people before you, they were much more stronger than you in physical strength. And also, they had much more wealth وَأَوْلَادًا And more children. Their children were stronger. Their children were more. They accomplished more. The people before you were far better when it comes to worldly matters. Because the munafiqeen were very proud of their wealth, their money, their children. Right? So Allah says the people before you were much stronger. But what happened? فَاسْتَمْتَعُوا So they took benefit بِخَلَاقِهِمْ With their share. خَلَاق is from the root letters خَالَامْ قَافِ And it's used for the share that a person, basically his fate. Alright? The share of a person because of his خُلُق. Because of his manners. Alright? So فَاسْتَمْتَعُوا بِخَلَاقِهِمْ They enjoyed the result of their nasib. Meaning, they experienced it, they enjoyed it, they lived it. Their lifetime, the money, the pleasures, their children, they lived their lives basically. فَاسْتَمْتَعُوا بِخَلَاقِهِمْ فَاسْتَمْتَعْتُمْ And look at you, what are you doing? You are also taking benefit, you are also enjoying بِخَلَاقِكُمْ With your share. So فَاسْتَمْتَعْتُمْ بِخَلَاقِكُمْ They enjoyed their time and you are enjoying your time. What's the difference? They worked in the fields and you work in an office. What's the difference? They came, lived their lives. You are here living your life. What's the difference in the quality of life? It's only worldly. But when it comes to religion, 
When it comes to iman, there should be a difference. But look at you. You are behaving in the exact same way. فَاسْتَمْتَعْتُمْ بِخَلَاقِكُمْ كَمَا Just as istamta'a, he enjoyed, he took benefit, who? الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Those people who came before you, بِخَلَاقِهِمْ with their share. They live their lives, they bid their time, and you are also biding your time. Right? They live their lives, and you are living your life. وَخُطْتُمْ and you have indulged, meaning in useless conversations, كَالَّذِي Like those who خَاضُوا They indulged in useless conversations. They spoke a lot, and you are also talking a lot. But what did their conversations bring them? And what is your conversation bringing them? Nothing. Nothing at all. أُولَٰئِكَ those حَبِطَتْ It is wasted. أَعْمَالُهُمْ Their deeds. فِي الدُّنْيَا In this world. وَالْآخِرَةِ And also in the hereafter. وَأُولَٰئِكَ And those whom الْخَاسِرُونَ They are the losers. If you think about it, every person wants that they should be better than the people who came before them. Which is why many children, they think that they're much better than their parents. Right? When it comes to fashion, when it comes to style, when it comes to design, when it comes to work, you know, our parents, they don't know anything. We are much better. But the thing is that, okay, in worldly terms, you may be advancing. But even in that, you're fooling yourself. Because the people before you were much better. Just compare your health. Your parents are able to wake up early, and you, even after a sleep of 10 hours, are lazy. Your mother can stand and cook for two hours, and if you have to stand for 15 minutes, do the dishes, you say, my back is hurting. Right? Each generation is weaker than the previous. But we think we are better than the previous. In reality, we are much worse. Right? In worldly terms also, we are declining. When it comes to faith, there should be an improvement. And if there is no improvement, then we are worse than the worse. Allah says, these people, their deeds are wasted in this life and also in the hereafter. Meaning in this life also, they will not reap the benefits of their work. They will not see the result of their good efforts, wasted. And in the hereafter, no reward at all. Such people are the greatest losers who think they're doing something good by making all this money, by all of this stuff that they're enjoying. But what are they getting in result of it? Nothing at all. Neither in this world nor in the hereafter. Allah says, Alam did not yet to him it come to them, Naba news Alladina of those whom in him before them. Has the news of the people of the past not reached them? Have they not heard of what happened to the people who came before them, whom they are imitating in worldly matters? What happened to those people? Take lesson from their lives, take lesson from their fate. Qawmi Nuh, the people of Nuh, what happened to them? They lived their lives, they enjoyed their dunya, but when they mocked at the messenger, Nuh alayhi salam, they said, what, you're building a ship? Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? They made fun of the messenger, and what happened? They were drowned by the flood. What are you doing today? You're making fun of your messenger. Yes, you may be as strong as the people of Nuh, but your lifetime is very little compared to the lifetimes of the people of Nuh. In worldly terms, you are lesser. Why are you imitating them? Why are you imitating them in their nature, in their behavior? If you imitate them in their behavior, you'll end up in the same way. Wa'adin and the people of Ad, who were they? 
the nation of Hud And what happened? When they disobeyed their messenger, opposed their messenger, did they survive in this life? No. Whatever enjoyment they had, gone, finished. And also Wathamud and the people of Thamud. Who were the Thamud? The people of Salih Did they also meet their end in this life? Yes. Were they punished for their sins? Yes. وَقَوْمِ Ibrahim And the people of Ibrahim. Now who are the people of Ibrahim salam? Huh? Yes, it was the nation in which he grew up, but also remember that Ibrahim salam did da'wah to many people. Alright? And of them was Namrud, a king. And he argued with Ibrahim salam. Remember in Surah Al-Baqarah we learned, أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ فِي رَبِّهِ He argued with Ibrahim salam about his Lord. Alright? And what happened to Namrud? Such a mighty king, it is said that a mosquito got into his nose, up into his head somewhere, and he died because of that. So arrogant, so mighty, belittled Ibrahim salam, you know, made fun of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and what happened to this tyrant? Finished from what? A mosquito. What a humiliation in this life. What a disgrace. وَأَصْحَابِ Madian And the people of Madian. Who are the people of Madian? Who was the Prophet sent to them? Shu'aib salam. Even they were destroyed. Wal-mu'tafikat. And those that were overturned, that were turned upside down. Mu'tafikat is a plural of mu'tafikah. In Surah Al-Najm we learn, wal-mu'tafikata ahwa. Mu'tafikah is from the root letters, hamza fa-kaf, ifk. Ifk is also used for a lie. It's basically to turn something away from its original direction. So for example, if you turn something upside down, that is what? An ifk. And why is a lie called an ifk? Because the reality is distorted. It's misrepresented. An incident that happened, it's described in an incorrect way so that the reality is changed. Alright? So, mu'tafikat, it refers to who? It refers to the people of Lut alayhi salam. The cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to whom he was sent to, and homosexual people, and what happened? They mocked at Lut alayhi salam, right? That you are so clean, you are so clean, get out of here, leave us alone, we've told you so many times, don't keep doing da'wah to us. And what happened to those people? They were literally, as described in this word, they were literally turned upside down. It is said that Jibreel, lifted up those towns with his wing. Because Jibreel, very mighty, big angel. What did he do? He lifted, he struck them with his wing, lifted them up and turned them upside down. Imagine being lifted up, taken up and turned upside down. Mu'tafikat. What happened when they made fun of Allah and His Messenger? They were turned upside down. In general, Allah says, أَتَتْهُمْ رُسُلُهُمْ Their messengers came to them, بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ With the clear proofs. Did they accept? No. So what happened? فَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيَظْلِمَهُمْ Allah did not do injustice to them. Allah was not unfair towards them. How? By punishing them. Allah was not unfair with them. He was very fair with them. How? By punishing them with the punishment that they deserved. In other words, what is mentioned over here? They brought this punishment upon themselves. They deserve this. 
فما كان الله ليظلمهم ولكن كانوا انفسهم يظلمون but they were wronging themselves likewise the munafiqin had they not been given enough time to understand the truth was it not that so many times they made mistakes but every time the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam treated them leniently right he gave them time he accepted their excuses he forgave them he pardoned them he didn't punish them don't we learn about so many incidents where umar radhiyallahu anhu said oh prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam give me permission i'll get rid of this man right now did the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam allow him to do that no he didn't right so so much time was given to these people yet they did not take a lesson from it they did not change their ways so as a result now when their faults were being exposed when their sins were being exposed and they were being humiliated was this unfair no they brought this upon themselves on the other hand allah says wal mu'minuna wal mu'minat and the believing men and the believing women they have some different characteristics and what are those characteristics that ba'dhum awliya u ba'd some of them are friends of others meaning they are friends of each other awliya is the plural of wali and who is wali a close protecting friend someone who is close to you who loves you who shelters you who protects you who supports you so the believers are supporters of each other they help one another if you think about it the hypocrites how are they described how are they described ba'dhum min ba'd the hypocrites were described as ba'dhum min ba'd how are the believers described they are awliya they are sincere to each other they love one another they support one another the munafiqin they appear to be together but are they genuine in their friendship to each other no because if someone is insincere to allah if someone can deceive the messenger of allah can he deceive his spouse can he deceive his friends can he deceive the people who are with him of course he can because the one who doesn't have fear of god the one who doesn't have haya then what do we learn fasna ma shi'ta then do whatever you wish meaning then there's no stopping then there's no limits if a person does fisq if a person crosses the limits against allah then of course he will cross the limits against people but the believers are different how are they different they're awliya they're together they have differences but still their focus is on the goal they're goal oriented so they will work together despite the differences they will work together despite the differences ba'dhum awliya u ba'd ya'muruna bil ma'ruf they order that which is right wa yanhawna 'anil munkar and they forbid that which is wrong they order right and they forbid wrong the exact opposite of the hypocrites وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ And they establish the prayer. What do we learn about the munafiqeen? What is their attitude towards salah? وَلَا يَأْتُونَ الصَّلَاةَ إِلَّا وَهُمْ كُسَالًا وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةِ The believers, they give the zakah. They spend in the way of Allah happily, willingly, just as they would spend on themselves. Remember Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه, when he did the hijrah with the Prophet ﷺ, what did he bring? The best of what he had. right 
the ride, the money, everything, the best of what he had. He put it out. He brought it out in support of the Messenger wasallam. So the believers, yu'tuna zakah, they spend willingly. But when it comes to a munafiq, how does he spend? He considers what he has to spend in the way of Allah as a fine, as a penalty. He thinks that zakat is a burden. He thinks that zakat is a burden. Tell me something. Here we need to reflect on ourselves also, right? When it comes to buying, let's say your groceries. Do you pay happily or do you tell the cashier that, come on, give me a good deal. I'm buying so many groceries. I have five children. Come on, give me a discount. Do you ever say that to the cashier? Will you ever bother to bargain? Because you know that the prices are fixed. There's no way you can bargain. This is not India. This is not Somalia. You can't bargain here. Right? What do we do? We accept it. And yes, we're at the checkout at Costco and it's a huge bill. But then you're like, Alhamdulillah, we're bringing so much food home. And we're happy about all the things that we've bought. But when it comes to paying for, let's say, Islamic education, then what is our attitude sometimes? What is our attitude sometimes? Can we please be given a discount? Can we please be exempted from this? We keep trying to save our bucks when it comes to spending in the way of Allah. And if we do have to spend, we say, why are you selling Islamic education? Right? Why are you selling Islamic education? Why is one course a hundred and something dollars? How much is your university course for? Tell me. How much is that? Ten times that. Right? But when it comes to spending in the way of Allah, many times we are reluctant. If we have to buy new furniture, even if it's costing $3,000, we say, of course, this is what we're saving our money for. But if we have to pay $500 for our child's Islamic education, we think, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. These Muslim organizations, they're like a multi-millionaire mafia or something. Religious mafia. Huh? This is what they're doing. They're making all this money. And what are they doing? There must be something going on behind the scenes. But if you think about it really, what is it that we are charged in fees for Islamic courses versus our worldly education? What is that? There's no comparison. There's no comparison. It's embarrassing almost. Right? That we pay only $20 for this. We pay only $100 for a couple of months. We pay only $150 for one term. And when it comes to a month of course, a month of you know this certification, we have to pay so much more, but we pay it willingly. Why is it that we have to be reminded again and again, sister, you haven't paid your fees. Sister, you're being called at the fee window. Why is it that we have to be reminded? If you have to buy your favorite bag, would you wait? Do you have to be given a call? By the store? Do you have to be called? No. Do we have to be called by the grocery store? Come buy groceries. No, no. Nobody has to call us. Nobody has to tell us. We will go ourselves. We will bring out all the money that we have because we think it's a need. Is akhirah not a need? Saving ourselves in the grave. Saving ourselves in the day of judgment. Isn't that a necessity? How much money do people spend when it comes to insurance? Hmm? When it comes to savings plans and all of that stuff. How much is it that we spend? 
willingly, even if we have some doubt whether it's halal or not, still we will spend. But when it comes to the way of Allah, we hold our hands back. The believer, وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةِ وَيُطِيعُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ And they obey Allah and His Messenger. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ دُوزْ سَيَرْحَمُهُمُ اللَّهِ Allah will be merciful towards them. Because they show mercy to one another, they are friends of each other, they support one another, then Allah will also be merciful towards them. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ Indeed, Allah is mighty and wise. وَعَدَ اللَّهُ What has Allah promised the believers? Allah has promised them, who? الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ The believing men and the believing women. What has He promised them? جَنَّاتٍ Gardens. What kind of gardens? تَجْرِيمٍ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ Underneath which rivers flow. How long will they remain there? خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا Abiding therein eternally. In gardens? Abiding in gardens? I mean, don't you wonder, what about a room? I mean, a home? Yeah, the garden is nice, but I mean, I like to lie down on a bed also. I like to sit in a lounge also. Don't worry. وَمَسَاكِنَ طَيِّبَةً Masakin, plural of maskan. Home. What kind of homes? طَيِّبَةً Good. طَيِّبَةً is used for that which is good, but it's also used for that which is, okay, pure, and also that which is favorable. Meaning that which is perfect for you. Winds that are favorable are described as طَيِّبَةً Okay, for ships. Because if a ship has the favorable wind, meaning going in the direction that the ship needs to travel to, it's favorable. Right? Because it will make it go faster. So, homes that are طَيِّبَةً meaning homes that are perfect in every way. I'll ask you a question. The house that you're living in, apartment, whatever it may be, wherever you're living, do you ever see any problems with it? Do you ever face any problems in your house? Like? Plumbing. Oh, don't talk about that. Plumbing, what else? Okay, the different fixtures around the house, they have problems. What else? What about your nice wall and your child just came and scribbled all over it? And you're like, I paid so much money to get this painted and here she comes and scribbles all over it. Or what about the size of the window? If only if it was just a bit bigger or a bit smaller or a bit more to the right or to the left or in the center, it would have been much better. If the closet door was just an inch away, you know, I could put this thing over here. If my closet was just a little bit bigger or a little bit like this, the houses of this world, you can never attain satisfaction with them. They will never be perfect. Never ever. No matter how much money you spend, no matter how much time you spend, no matter how much of your life you invest in perfecting your house, believe me, it will never ever be perfect. So you know what? Stop worrying about it. Stop worrying about it. And stop spending your precious weekends in maintaining your house and making it better. I'm not saying let the roof leak. Okay, no. Fix these problems, but only as much as is necessary. Don't worry too much about these things because today you like something, tomorrow you will dislike it. Today it's perfect, tomorrow some guests will come 
And they might have some accident and ruin something that you love a lot. Wait for the perfect house where? In Jannah. Every woman wishes to have a house of her own. Isn't it? Or a house that she likes. Every woman. My dream house. My this, my that. It's going to be like this and it's going to be like that. And people talk about it. You know, when I get a house, I'm going to make sure it has this. And I'm going to make sure it doesn't have that. But what happens? Your taste changes or you don't get it. Perfect house is where? In Jannah. And to get that perfect house, focus on the heart. Focus on the words. Focus on the actions. Improve yourself so that you can make yourself worthy of masakin al-tayyibah. Just as you want to have a house in this world, what do you do? What's the first thing? If you start talking about buying a house or getting a house, what do your parents say? Complete your degree, get a job, and then talk about a house. Right? So likewise, if we want the perfect house, work on akhlaq, work on a'mal, work on aqwal. What are we saying? What are we doing? Only then we can be deserving of the perfect house. وَمَسَاكِنَ طَيِّبَةً فِي جَنَّاتِ عَدْن In the gardens of eternity. Adn is one of the names of Jannah, and it's also a description of Jannah. Adn, عَيْن دَالْنُون And it means eternity. Gardens of eternity from which they will never go. They will never have to leave. You might wonder, but won't you feel claustrophobic in Jannah? I mean, come on, you want to get out? No. Do you ever feel claustrophobic in this world with this huge sky above you and this expansive earth around you? Do you ever feel like you need to get out? No, you never feel like that. Right? The Jannah, in fact, is much bigger. Jannah is much, much bigger than this world. So don't worry. It is the Jannah of Adan, of eternity. And in Jannah, the greatest blessing is what? وَرِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرٌ And the pleasure, approval from Allah, it is akbar, it is greatest. Meaning greater than any delight. In Jannah, every wish of a person will be fulfilled. Every wish. Anything he wants, he will be granted. He will be granted. So much so, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the people in Jannah, O residents of Jannah, Allah will call them, Ya Ahlal Jannah. And the people of Jannah will say, Labbaik our Lord, Wasa'daik. Meaning, here we are our Lord, and we are happy at your service, and all good is in your hand. They will say, Labbaik Rabbana, Wasa'daik, Walkhayru fi yadaik. And when they will come, all the people of Jannah, coming, 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 to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will ask them, Are you happy? Are you pleased? Are you satisfied? And the people will say, Why would we not be pleased, our Lord, while you have given us what you have not given any of your creation? Meaning you've given us Jannah. And in Jannah, everything we want, we have. Why would we not be happy? We are happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Should I give you what is better than all of this? Should I give you what is better than all of this? And the people of Jannah will say, O oh, our Lord, what could be better than all of this? They'll wonder, how much better can it get? What could be much better than all of this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, I will grant you my pleasure. 
and will never afterwards be angry with you. So from this day onwards, you are free from this fear that I might do something to make Allah unhappy. I might do something and Allah will be upset with me. From this day onwards, you do not have this fear at all. رِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ When you know that somebody is happy with you, they'll never be mad at you. They can never be upset with you. Because you're on their good side. Does that give you the sense of security? Huh? Like for example, if you have that kind of buddy-buddy relationship with your mom, and you know that no matter what you tell her, she'll never be mad at you. Right? Really mad, she won't be like that with you. Can you say anything? Can you share anything with her? Yes. Does it give you the sense of security? Yes. But if you feel that you'll be in trouble, you'll be in trouble, then what happens? You cannot relax. Can you relax? No, you cannot. When you know that the way you're doing something, the way you're making something, somebody's going to criticize it. Somebody's going to find faults in it. What happens? You cannot be confident. You cannot relax. That's why every person, what do they want? Their own space. I want my own space where nobody's looking at me the way I'm cooking or the way I'm doing my work. People in Jannah, they will have the sense of security that Allah will never be displeased with them. This is why Allah says, it is akbar, it is greatest. That is the great achievement. This success, this achievement is the greatest achievement. What? Making Allah happy. Earning Allah's happiness. But for that, a person has to put forward the approval of Allah before himself today. When you have the option, do this or do that, pick what? Pick what? That which Allah is happy with. Because sometimes it happens. We are in that confusion. I like to do this, but Allah does not like it. Sacrifice today, so that tomorrow every wish of yours will be fulfilled. And those who do not sacrifice today, then they will be in regret forever and ever. May Allah protect us from that.